0: Welcome to Oppenheimer's Let's Talk Future podcast. In this format, we bring you timely and relevant conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Join us as we explore new ways of thinking about the markets, investing, business, new technologies, and life in general. In this episode, our guest is Daron Barnes, Senior Managing Director and Global Head of Equities Trading and Distribution. Our host is Jane Ross. Managing Director of Investment Banking. This episode was recorded on October 14, 2020. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to click on the subscribe button. Welcome to this episode entitled The Impact Zone. In the world of surfing, the impact zone is the most dangerous place to be. It's where the waves break the hardest, and decisions as to whether to proceed or retreat are critical. In many ways, this seems an apt metaphor for us to talk about the current market environment, which is why we're here, to talk about the market. We'll review our last episode on this topic, different this time, and we'll examine those themes that are still relevant to the current market activity. We'll talk about where we are now, including market participants, behavior, and fund flows, and finally, as always, we'll look ahead to the outlook for the next few months and beyond. We're so happy to welcome back Duran Barnes to lead this discussion. Duran is the Senior Managing Director and the Global Head of Equities Trading and Distribution at Oppenheimer. He sits at the nexus of our institutional clients, our retail clients, our trading and distribution infrastructure, and so Duran has a unique vantage and perspective on these important matters. Welcome back, Duran.
1: It's so great to be back with you, Jane. Thank you for having me.
0: Yes. And since our last episode, I believe you received a nice promotion to senior managing director. So congrats on that.
1: Oh, that's very nice of you to mention.
0: Well, in our inaugural episode, you discussed many themes that are still front and center. So I'd like to go back and review some of those that are still relevant. And let's start with the pandemic, which is still very much with us.
1: Yeah, Jane, you know, when we spoke about it earlier, we really were, figuring out what this all would mean. Still day to day, the data would come in, the markets were digesting, people were living their lives differently. We've seen how that has become a new norm. And the pandemic means something different now than it did we last spoke about it. I mean, last time our title was different this time, and I agree with that title. It's still different this time. What I think is important about the pandemic now, when we're talking about markets, there are a couple things that we're looking at. Number one, What does that mean for the everyday person? We know that it's been tough to watch and the numbers stagger and north of 200,000 deaths. These things are real. And then on a global front, it's real. On the positive side, there's a lot of therapeutics and vaccination discussions. And those things are very, very positive because we all need a little bit of hope, right? So that's where the pandemic matters. And as it pertains to the markets and what's different this time, it's a very, very tricky market to invest in right now. We'll talk about that together, I think, throughout this conversation. But as it pertains to the pandemic, you're one headline away from the markets being explosive, or the institutional clients might say it's being priced in that a vaccine might come sooner rather than later, or that therapeutics are on the horizon. So you've got a mix of what does it mean and how do people feel? And then what does that mean for market participants? And so that's the pandemic issue that we're dealing with.
0: Exactly. And then the next topic that you discussed that I wanted to circle back to because it's still very relevant is the outsized role of the Fed. Can you bring us up to date on what you're seeing, your thoughts on that? Well,
1: the Fed was the underlying backstop to the markets. We discussed our last time about the unprecedented effort communication by the Fed to help overall markets and stabilize the markets. We're further down the road and knowing that the Fed is still there looking at ways to help this market in a way that it hadn't before, gives the market a lot of confidence. But it's the big gorilla. So fast forward to today, any structural move by the Fed or any change with regard to the Fed, That will recycle this whole tape to really assess and this whole group of investors to assess what the forward looks like. But the Fed is the most important market structure and market participant. That's the one area that I think we can talk about where if there's a substantial change, i.e. inflation, and the Fed is looking at how that all impacts the economy, that is something we all got to keep our eyes on. Back then, different this time, Currently, it is different this time, and we're in the nexus for your promise.
0: Right, and clearly the, the size of that impact is worth watching. The, and speaking of size, the other theme that you discussed back at our last episode was fund flows. And I have to give you some kudos because in that episode, you discussed outsized fund flows from overseas. And shortly after our recording, news sources confirmed that Japan had been a major buyer of U.S. equities during that time frame. So you were really spot on with that. What would you like to say about fund flows since then?
1: It's really changed uh, where we are today and what's about to happen in the marketplace. But Back then, we had a lot of different market participants and you and I spoke about the international flow that ended up playing, uh playing itself out. We got headlines to that effect all into the equity markets from Japan and other uh sovereigns. But the retail flow back then we we spoke about what a what a very powerful stick that the retail participants were carrying back in the middle of the summer and more active than ever before. Uh, we all know in the pandemic, a lot of people at home, relatively cheap to trade, social media, social content, that got people more involved. The retail participants now, they're actually playing options. And that actually changes the dynamics of flow as well as the options dealers on the street get short gamma and have to cover. And so some of these exacerbated moves we've seen are a combination of retail and that's the difference of what we talked about the last time it was single stock driven now you've got a combination of some single stock but more options lately uh so and Mm -hmm. then currently the traditional institutions that you and i are used to are very quiet this is a very very tough time to invest right now people are waiting there's a lot ahead and we're going to touch upon that and there's no reason to really jump in Pull fledged into the mm-hmm. water right now.
0: And another thing that we should talk about is our theme of the impact zone, and certainly that can refer to where we are as a country and how that manifests in our market behavior. In the last episode, you talked about a divisive political climate, obviously, arguably things are even more so today. Can you give us your thoughts about that?
1: Yeah, you know, Jane, that's a great question and, and a great point. Uh, I was driving around and I passed the place of worship and I saw a sign in preparation for the Sunday sermon. And it it said, Dear God, can we talk about 2020? Question mark. And I thought that was hilarious. And I've shared that a lot with clients. I thought that was brilliant. And Can you imagine the anxiety and the the fatigue that people are feeling, just the everyday person, the consumer, which really drives our economy? And then everything has been exacerbated because of the election. And literally, day to day, headlines fatigue people. And that's where we're at. And so as we get closer to the election, that is just heightened. So last week, it was President Trump COVID, right? So what are we going to wake up to tomorrow? And what is going to throw the markets into a surprise? Is it today that the stimulus is going to be delayed until post the election, because both sides cannot come to an agreement? These are the things that are happening. That anxiety, though, is really carrying through to the individual. And the institutions, I think, are positioned, are equipped to handle it on a work level. But when we talk about what the country's actually gone through, it's been a very long year. And I think everybody wishes this year is behind us.
0: Yeah. And, you know, you brought up the notion of surprise. And I figure we should maybe talk about that because we see frequent mention of an October surprise, certainly this year with the election, with stimulus talks. And the October surprise, as most people know, refers to the potential for a treacherous market. In the month of October, and that probably stems from the market crashes in October 1929 and 1987. But even if you take those two years out of the data, statistically, October is the most volatile month of the year. And here we are with all of these huge extraneous factors. As you sit in your seat, you're, you're witnessing all of that in real time. How do you think about the rest of the month?
1: Yeah, once again, Jane, you've done a lot of good homework on the historical analysis before we talk about this. I think that this year is different because every day there's an October surprise. That's the difference everybody, I cannot tell you how many clients have said, really? Are you kidding me? That's what we just heard about today? So there's no doubt about from this point till the election, institutional clients, friends, family, et cetera, everybody expects something new to hit us. And I think social media, I think media itself, I think those topics are real and just in front of everyone day in and day out. And because it's such a divisive election, there's just going to be continuous commentary that will get people to scratch their head and say, oh, my God, I would literally like to get through this. I would really like to get past the election. And and I think that's that's the surprise, Gene, that this October is almost every day.
0: Right. And, you know, we decided to call this episode the Impact Zone because everything does seem to be so heightened on a daily basis. And You know, listen, I know you're not our market strategist, but from a market observation point of view, looking at valuation, the conventional metrics, PEs, and price to sale ratios could argue that stocks are high, but then interest rates are so, so low, and there's a persistent, there's no alternative argument that endures. As you're navigating these treacherous waters, that seems to be a pretty decent pressure between those two camps. Where where do you come in on that?
1: I listen to our customers. I listen to our clients and and, and figure out what they're thinking. The bull case is what you mentioned, Jane, that interest rates are low and they'll be low for a long time. Remember, I mentioned earlier, as long as the Fed doesn't change that structure, Something doesn't change, i.e. inflation. But with rates low for a long time, volatility, and that's key, I'll get to that in a second, staying low, and you have a real bull case argument that on the long term, equities are still very attractive, at 20 and a half times, 21 times, that's definitely uh, sellable and makes a lot of sense. Conversely, look, there are things that we cannot see and forecast that I think are very real. We we are hearing it and feeling it from both the customer base and individuals. This year's harder. There's a lot of structural shift in terms of companies that are doing well versus companies that aren't. There are there are so many data points that are on the line, critically key. The election does it? Is it contested? Does it get resolved quickly? And who wins? And then what does that look like? And more importantly, what do those months look like between transition? These are things that are really, really heavy on the market, in my opinion. If you polled 90% of our customers, they'd say they are bowled up. They are very positive because of the points you said. I think that the high-frequency traders that are forced to chase markets higher, which is what we felt in some of the bank stocks, or when they have too much volatility, they can't invest in equities, and there's a shift. Or hypothetically, what if Biden wins and the tax rate is going to change? What does that look like? These are changes and structural changes that take time, whether their people are happy about them or not. The way we look at it here and what I love about our team and Oppenheimer is we are so focused on the clients today and we respond to changes day in and day out. We're very, very thoughtful. And I love talking to our, you know, private wealth individuals that are talking to, you know, our retail franchise and talking to, To our institutional franchise and hearing how we can be helpful. And I think that's the focus point. You can collect the data. We can speculate, right, Jane? But in the end of the day, it's really a flip of the coin right now. And that's why it's a very tough time to invest. And that's why our mutual funds are very quiet on a relative basis. They don't feel compelled to move right now with the lack of clarity. I'm very negative, personally, just because of those Topics I just mentioned to you. There's too much for the market to digest, and there's too many heightened sensitive comments, you know, that are being made on a daily basis surrounding the election and post the election, that will make the market a little uncomfortable. Why jump in? And you might need to take a step back and say, let's take a break. It's been a decent run. Let's make sure we get some clarity before we invest. in the marketplace.
0: Right. And let me throw another issue which adds to this impact zone theme or the treacherous nature of the market, and that's concentration. Oppenheimer has real strength in technology, in healthcare, in renewables. Those are all sectors that this market has loved. However, I read about concentration and that things have narrowed. What do you think of that?
1: Look, the mega cap trade where everyone is crowded into scares everyone. As you can see, currently, we have option activity or we have concentrated institutions that are into the Fang stocks that continue to drive that higher. At some point, that will be difficult and that will be a problem because if you unwind and there's a structural change, you need to look at valuation differently. Those names will all get sold at the same time. And that's what people are very concerned about. You know, you bring up very good sectors that we cover, our consumer sector, another great factor. I love the three that you mentioned too, because people are utilizing our research content and our staff in the sectors that you mentioned, plus others that really are differentiated. I, I'm, I think that one of the things we feel great about here is the clients are leaning more on us, not less. And we want to be a really good partner because Jane, we know it's hard out there. It's really hard and people are tired. So when you're tired, you want to lean on your partners. You want to help each other out. And I think that's what we're doing in our business and with our clients.
0: And let's talk about looking ahead, which is what we're supposed to do here. You know, you've articulated nicely how certainly the next month or two are going to be somewhat treacherous and that a bit of a defensive posture makes a lot of sense. As you think about your business plans heading into 2021. Please give us a sense of how you're planning looking ahead into next year.
1: I think that we take the data that we're getting internally at Oppenheimer. We figure out who our partners are, and then we say, how can we help them in their process? And that changes daily. And I think what makes us great is we're pretty malleable, flexible. We have got great leadership that knows what they want to accomplish. And if things need to change, we change. We pivot. And, and I think that's something that we're concentrating on for 2021. I think people are going to need more information. Mm-hmm. You can go past those investments right now, but you're going to need a good stock picker. You're going to need to go back to that old school fundamental investment. And the only way we're going to really get back to that, which is a core sweet spot for Oppenheimer, is
0: mm-hmm. through market
1: turbulence. And any way you slice it, I truly believe we've got a lot of turbulence ahead. Change is something that isn't easy. Change with the pandemic and a structural change in our world, the economy, jobs, et cetera, that is big. And so you, we know we need to be better prepared. We need to be malleable. And we got to listen to our clients. They'll lead us to victory because we want to help them they'll tell us how to do it as well.
0: Well, I think those are all extremely good points. And I really want to thank you for your time. I want to summarize a few of the key points that you talked about, given our title of the impact zone and how we navigate going forward. You've expressed a bit of caution and a bit of a need for a defensive position, given turbulence, given headline risk, and all of the points that you mentioned. Beyond that, it sounds like we have the potential for 2021 to be, at a minimum, more of an orderly year. That's the
1: hope. I think part of us find that you've got to wake up every day and see what this world is going to look like and where we are as a country. And we have a wonderful country. And if we can come together and get past the divisiveness and get some improvement in that arena... I think that's really important. And overall, in our preparation to help clients out, uniting our different businesses, investment banking led by Rob is amazing. Buzz leadership, you know, we have a lot of great things going on here and we got to unite just like the country wants to unite. I think everyone's just tired of it being tough and divisive. And I think you're right, Gene. Like, what is normal? We know it's a new normal, it's going to be a new normal but let's see what happens. There's no doubt about it. There will be a gasp and a relief either way. Once the election is done, then we'll see what this market will show us. Then we'll see how we really look forward. But what I do know is the, the capital markets business, the markets businesses around the street, people have done a great job of navigating through the tough times, being there for each other, And I'm really proud for our team at Opco to be a part of it.
0: Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thanks
1: for having me, Jane.
0: Don't miss the next episode of Let's Talk Future as we explore a variety of topics important to every kind of investor by bringing our firm's financial thought leaders directly to you. Hit the subscribe button today.